the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. As the eyes of the world are fixated on the reality of war and bloodshed once more come to Europe, the Christian Church enters into the Lenten season fixated on the reality of why Christ came into the world. How do we live a life that is exceedingly worried by worldly affairs but necessarily concerned over heavenly ones? Or as we might say it more plainly, how do we tend to our body and soul. Our eyes cannot help but uh, to ha- be fixated on the things in the world. Our eyes cannot help but to hear all the destruction. Our eyes cannot look away from the carnage inflicted upon the bodies of people entrenched in conflict. Yet we are called as Christians to fix our eyes on Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith. Are we then to divide between the body and soul, to separate what we see with the physical eye from what we see by faith, to divide our human and spiritual natures? When we look to Jesus and his two natures, some theologians believe to be, some theologians believed him to be divided in such a way as one board glued to another, that Jesus is not thoroughly one person, but his divine and human natures divide him. We do not confess this error. Jesus is all at once both divine and human, and where he acts according to his natures is not a question of division, but of a will that constitutes the whole of his essence. So too we are in the image of God, a people bound all at once bodily and spiritually. We are in the world and know by faith, and what we know by faith is inextricably woven into our very essence. To put it concisely, we are as God has made us, a body and a soul together. In Jesus, we have the perfect image of God in man. So Christ is not divided, and neither are we. However, our concord of body and soul, the unity of our very own created being, it is in us disturbed by sin. And the outpouring of sin manifests in all sorts of ways. The outpouring of sin manifests assaults to the body and to the soul, so much so that we have divided ourselves We are divided neighbor against neighbor, but also within, within ourselves. And so it is that in real time we witness it with our own eyes, and we also see it with the eyes of faith. In real time in us, the image of God in man is a fractured mirror. No longer can we say that who we are is as God created us to be. We fail to reflect our natures of body and soul as intended. Our love fails for one another, and faith falters at the altar of false gods. Idolatries upon idolatries. Idolatries are embraced in hidden, but also obvious ways. They exist in the heart, while they also spill off of our lips in ways that are known to us and in ways that are unknown to us. A snapshot of our current state of being, our essence, 
is puzzling to define exactly because, like a broken mirror, the broken pieces of God's image are not easily reassembled. And even if we were, so to speak, even though we cannot, able to construct the image of God in and for ourselves, the puzzle remains obviously stitched together and fragile to further disturbance. A bump to the puzzler's table brings the whole picture to nothing once again. So life is fragile. Life is fragile because sin makes us frail. It erodes at our body and soul. It trips us up. It easily tricks us into thinking that we can handle our lives, handle our right living in and of ourselves, handle our righteousness. But it is to this very end that Jesus gives us great warning. Jesus warns you against practicing your righteousness before other people. We rework his, his words, we retool them and say, don't do it. But Jesus clarifies, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, in order to be seen by those other people. This means you are to be righteous even before other people, but not with the expectation of praise. So the interpretation, don't do it, almost certainly stands because who can do anything before anyone without some covetous sense of pride and desire for praise? So we are stuck in the sort of conundrum in our body and soul. It's a puzzle, right? Practice righteousness. Go do it. Oh, but hey, be careful. If you don't do it, right, you will be judged. Be careful that you don't do it for the wrong reasons or in front of others that are going to take it the wrong way. Righteousness then takes a discerning heart and demands that we discern what is in the hearts of other people. It is an impossible task for us sinners. It seems then that righteousness is impossible for us to practice. And if that's your frustrated conclusion, I would say, congratulations. You're finally getting it. St. Paul echoes the Psalms to his Roman hearers. None is righteous. No, not one. So what is Jesus getting at in the gospel? And how do we practice righteousness if it's impossible? How do we do what is right from our unified but corrupted body and soul in a world that demands so much of our body and soul, dealing with the wars from within and the wars outside of ourselves between our neighbors near and abroad. It might seem obvious, but where God's image in us is a tattered puzzle scattered all about, in Christ the image is perfect and whole. Jesus in his divine nature as the creator and in, and in his human nature as the keeper of the perfect law brings order, brings order to the chaos of our being. Explicitly, Jesus alone practices righteousness to the glory of the Father without the praise 
of man. He is, after all, the one who receives alone the wrath of God and the scorn of man. As Isaiah prophesies of Jesus, Surely he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. In a word, we dismissed our Lord, who came to save us in body and soul. So here we are in Lent. The Lenten season exists for this very purpose. As a renewal into penitential living. A life found not in ourselves, in our works, in any sort of righteousness that we would think or try to stitch together or piece the puzzle pieces together for ourselves. Instead, the Lenten season exists for this end and to this end, that we are found in Christ's righteousness alone. That where what is impossible by sin is by grace through faith made possible. Our Lenten season combats the wars from within and without of sin and of evil, by a Savior whose salvation to us is a righteousness given, not earned. Today, the ashes we receive upon our forehead in the cruciform shape, or as close as we could get it, it guides our eyes to see the world in the way that heaven sees us, that all people are in conflict under heaven because of sin, but because of Jesus' cross, All people are justified by his righteousness. So then the only way that you and I practice righteousness is through faith. When you give to the needy, it is to be through faith in Christ. When you pray, it is through faith in Christ. And when you fast, it is through faith in Christ. And also in anything and everything that you would do, that would be pleasing and right before the eyes of the Lord and good for the sake of the fellow man. Let it be done through faith in Christ. Any other way is the way of hypocrisy. During this Lenten season, and we pray that you will return, we will be meditating upon the confession of sin that Christ pulls out from our hearts and also on the Holy Supper that he puts into our mouths, both given to the church for absolution, for forgiveness. We will abide in the treasure of Jesus and the reward of undeserved grace. We will find in these devotions Jesus, the image of God, as a response to the dust that we are. This year, Lent begins with the backdrop, the backdrop of people worried for the world and yearning for heavenly peace. I urge you to take heart. Take heart. That is to say, take hold of Jesus, who is your heart's greatest treasure. In him, heaven and earth hold together, even when all seems torn apart. Amen.